Know the Source on One Radio Network. Well, a very pleasant good morning to you. This is Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com, 28 June, 2023. Uh, nice to have you along uh, this morning. Here to be on the show, two ways to do it, 888-663-6386, as we're live here, and then also email Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. Several months ago, we talked to Thomas Seafried. He's one a very interesting fellow doing research on cancer. And um, I was so taken by his work and some of the things he said. We were having him back today in a couple of hours after we talked with our first guest, Gerald Pollack. And uh, he'll be back and we'll dig in more to this concept called cancer. And um, it's, according to him and the, the work that they're doing, with private funding, it's nothing like you've been told. We're shocked, right? We, we get surprised a lot. Uh, right now, we are going to go to the West Coast in uh, Washington and talk with Gerald Pollack. He's been on a couple times years ago. He is founder, uh, founding editor, rather, in chief of the journal Water. He's written a couple of books, The Fourth Phase of Water, The Cells, Gels, and... Um, I can't even read my... I can't even read my handwriting. I'll get the And the Engines of Life. I, th- I believe he has a new book coming out too. And he really has done a great bit of work with water. Nice fellow. He's a fundamental physics. He started years ago studying muscles. We should ask him about that. Dr. Pollock, thanks for coming back on the show. Good morning. You're looking great there. Well, uh, it's nice to be here. I'm happy to be with you. Thank oh. you for the invitation. Yes, sir. So... Your great uncle dies and leaves you a bunch of money, and you're going to find that nice piece of land and build that your dream home. What kind of requirements would you have before you wanted to with water on this home that you're? What would you already, What would you really want? What would you want? I already live in my dream home. Oh. Uh, I'm sitting there right now, and um, if I look out, I see the Cascade Mountains, Mount Rainier, and Lake Washington. And uh, each morning when I rise, I sit on the sofa and look out and um, and marvel at the, the great beauty. So, you know, um, I don't need a great uncle to pass and, um, and to pass me enough money to buy another place. I love this place. But if you were going to move, you know, you whatever, what would you want to have on your land as far as water? That was, that's really what I'm asking. What would you want? Oh, okay. Yeah. Water. Kind of hypothetical well, I, dream uh, thing. I, I suppose uh, it would be spring water. Uh. Um, um, you know, I've seen, um, well, we, we have to go back a few steps. And question, I think that you're, that you're, um, what you're alluding to is uh, what kind of water should you drink? And, um, and you know, it's, it's a, 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 I would say a long story, but uh, uh, there's a story behind it. And, um, if if you're not familiar with the story, then it won't won't make a lot of sense. We found uh, we found that there is a, a fourth phase of water, which I'll describe in a moment. And what, one of the important features of that fourth phase is that it fills your cells, and um, you must have cells filled with this kind of water. Fourth phase, or we call it easy for exclusion zone, mm-hmm. uh, easy to remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, you must have this in your cells, and if you don't have it, your cells are, are uh, dysfunctional. And and um, 
And so there are many ways to get it, and um, I can describe them uh, later. But um, it turns out that uh, spring water, certain spring waters, not all of them, but certain spring waters um, have a high content of fourth phase water. Others, others don't. So I guess I would want to check the water, and you can check it with a, a UV vis spectrometer, which sits in every chemistry laboratory. Yeah. It sounds fancy, but actually it's not very fancy. It's pretty simple. Right. Uh, you put the water in and it tells you it, it scans through the, the spectrum of light, the different wavelengths. And if it absorbs uh, a lot at a certain wavelength, it's 270 nanometers, uh, then it's got easy water. And, and if the absorption peak is high, it's got a lot of easy water. Mm. And if the absorption peak is low, it's got a little bit. That water, yeah, that water is really important very for your... Interesting. So why would some springs have the good stuff, the easy water, fourth phase, and, and others? Do you have an opinion on why? Just a God thing? It, it either is or it isn't? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I have some speculation uh, okay. on it. <laughs> uh, of course, I can't be sure that my speculation is on target. But, um, you know, uh, uh, so it, it, it starts with how does spring water come out of the earth? what what pressures it what forces it yeah. right uh, and um um some of the spring water is high up in mountains you know and and so presumably there there's something beneath the ground underneath that's exerting pressure that pushes it out right yes sir. yeah okay well that question has um as far as i've seen it, has never never been seriously addressed what well, yeah. It's really important because whatever it is that's the pressure that's that's pushing the spring water out may have something to do with the content of the spring water. Um, it it turns out that um, at least theoretically, uh, I'm not, I'm not sure. You know, there's lots of water down down below. Uh, so-called primary water occupies uh, lots of space and and uh, even down to the uh, the mantle of uh, of the earth. And it's it's said uh, nobody's really ever made the measurement exactly, but the amount of that water is something like three times or four times the amount that exists on the surface of whoa. the Earth. Whoa, there's a lot of it. That's a lot. Now, That's a lot. Yeah. So what we've what we found, um, uh, and and this applies to the cell too, but it applies in other situations, is that when water meets a, a certain surface. Uh, a hydrophilic or water-loving surface, the water undergoes a transformation. And it's not just one molecular layer that touches the surface. Uh, it's many, many, many molecular layers uh, extending out to, uh, you know, to to uh, substantial uh, distances up to, we, we've seen uh, on the order of millimeter in, in some cases, which is, you know, certainly not uh, molecular dimensions, but but really large. So the water down below, if it's near one of those surfaces, it's going to do exactly what I what I suggested. Uh, it it forms this special kind of water that we call fourth phase water. Now the fourth phase water is negative, usually negatively uh, charged, which means you know where where's the positive charge because it has to add up to neutrality. Uh, because it starts with just water, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. It turns out that just just beyond this negatively charged water uh, are protons, positive charges, right? And so it's like a battery. 
Uh, you've got negatively charged EZ water, and then you've got positive charges. And we've indeed been able to to draw electrical current enough to light a light emitting diode. Uh, we've, we've demonstrated proof of a principle. But now hmm. think about. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no that's all right. Yeah, no, go ahead. No. Yeah, think about this water down below. Yeah. If 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 it's doing what we've seen um, happening all the time. Uh, um, if it's doing that, then it creates protons. The protons are free. The the special EZ water is sticking to the surfaces of the hydrophilic surfaces, but the protons are free. And so, you know, you got free positive charges. What do they do? They repel each other, right? Mm-hmm. And they want to escape from whatever in, enclosure. They create pressure. That pressure, I I think, uh, I would propose, is what drives the spring water. And also, it may be the same pressure that creates volcanoes. Please, hmm. question. No, yeah. interesting. So, so the bo- the water running in my body today, which is a lot, um, that fourth phase of water is there. And it's, it's already there. I don't have to do anything magical to, to let it go or anything. Well, well, yeah. I mean, it's basically cellular hydration. Cellular hydration. And you know, most textbooks treat it uh, treat hydration as though it's ordinary liquid water. Now, mm-hmm. the way you can prove to yourself that it's not liquid, liquid. water uh, is to cut yourself, right? And you know, if you cut yourself, if if your body's filled with liquid water, it it would pour out like a breached water pipe. But it doesn't do that. The blood may pour out, but the water doesn't pour out. And, you know, I've heard from surgeons um, who cut deeply. They cut through a muscle or something. Mm-hmm. They say, water doesn't come out. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, so so it's not liquid water. And we think it's this, uh, uh, or I should say, we have evidence that mm-hmm. it's this fourth phase uh, water that, uh, that, that fills the cell. It's gel-like or gel-like. viscous. So we have this yeah. liquid and then solid ice and then gaseous. And then a gel-like kind of gooey stuff. That's the fourth. The gooey stuff. The right. gooey stuff. And the gooey stuff is doing what magic in our cells that we didn't know before you've come up with it? Well, it, it's a, what magic does it do? <laughs> it's a source of energy. Energy. Uh, is, is what it is because, as I said before, when you create fourth phase water, mm-hmm. you also create the protons beyond. And you so you have a, a battery. Now... Um, and that's potential energy. So, by your when your body creates this this uh, special kind of water, um, it creates a battery, a source of energy. And and this source of energy is it's really unknown uh, at the moment uh, how much this energy contributes to our well being, to our life, to mm. whatever we do. It could be it could be zero or almost zero, or it could be a modest fraction. Or it could be a majority. Wow. Well, uh, Dr. Thomas Cowan, who you're familiar with, he brought up this whole thing, and I, I don't think it was anything new, about the heart is not a pump, and you have this, you know, the, the veins and the blood going through, and there was an opposite charge, and that's one of the main reasons the blood flows through the body, which was his, his conjecture in his book. And if you, are you familiar with this? And is could this be a fourth phase stuff in the cells and the veins that are moving it up, if you think yeah, exactly? Yeah, um, I think that's correct. Oh, um, yeah. hmm. um, well, 
the, the, the first point, uh, which comes from Rudolf Steiner, uh, the, the idea that the heart is not a pump. And I, I've had difficulty absorbing that yeah. uh, idea because, because I know you can measure ventricular pressure and arterial pressure. And when the heart contracts, the pressure builds. And that strikes me as a pump. And yeah. I don't understand how, you know, how one could say it's not a pump if it does, if it does that. Now, that doesn't mean that uh, that it's the only uh, thing that's pushing or propelling the blood. Right. And if if you allow me a couple of minutes, mm. I, I will tell you how we found that the vessels themselves are propelling the blood beyond be, besides the heart. Besides and, the um, heart. We have a manuscript that's under review now, mm. and we're hopeful about this. But it all starts in our our laboratory one one student one day um he he took a, a tube made of hydrophilic material specifically something called mafion that we we use frequently and he put it into a chamber containing water and microspheres uh, microspheres are just little particles uh, that are commonly used in scientific studies and um it, 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 we we just uh, use them as because we can see them uh, so for example if water is flowing it's hard to tell the water is flowing but if it's got particles in it then you can see the particles moving so uh, that's the only reason for using using them so what what the student found um, uh, is that he would take one of these hydrophilic tubes uh in horizontally mm -hmm. and immerse it to a chamber of water and and lay it down at the at the bottom of the chamber and he noticed that that flow was going through the tube um and it wouldn't stop just kept going now when when he came to tell me that um uh, i was uh, uh incredulous because usually you know you need a pressure uh, a source to, to drive flow through a tube mm -hmm. right just like the heart generates pressure and propels flow through the large large arteries so i'm thinking this is nuts um and 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 uh it's not exactly nuts um you know but wh where's the energy and i was thinking we had demonstrated earlier uh, uh, that the energy for building all of this stuff that i've been talking about you know like battery like thing you need energy uh to create it it's like charging the battery and it comes from light, light. uh especially infrared light mm. uh so um so I'm thinking um, uh, this would be or could be uh, evidence um, that light is doing it because the chamber is exposed to infrared light. It's uh, infrared light is all all around us. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking um, uh, if if this flow is, is really happening, and you know we found that it really it was yeah. happening, it's evidence that we're right that um, uh, that a source of outside external energy to build up all the stuff I've been talking about is indeed infrared uh, energy because there's no other energy source that we can we can imagine or we we can think of so it turned out uh, it was correct we did studies we published it and then one day um one day uh, I take a trip to Russia at that time it was easy <laughs> to go it's now uh, maybe bit more difficult and a bit mm -hmm. more dangerous uh, but uh, at any rate I took a trip uh, to uh, to Russia and I met my friend who's a professor and the vice chair of biology biological uh, biochemistry at Moscow University which is you know their premier university 
And quickly, he introduced me to one of his neighbors. Uh, he said, you have to meet this guy because he has interesting stuff. So I meet the guy, and he starts telling me, he's, he, he opens, and this is translation, opens, there's a big problem in the cardiovascular system. Oh, <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, <laughs> what kind of problem? And and I must admit, I, you know, I, I came with with uh, some bit of arrogance because um, I, I, as a graduate student, I studied the pressures and flows in the cardiovascular system. And, you know, I, I thought we had it all worked out. And this guy is telling me that there's a big problem. And, uh, you know, I'm scratching my head. That's why I'm missing some hair, <laughs> uh, you know, thinking, what's, what's going on here? What kind of problem is there? I, you know, I studied this for a few years and I never detected any kind of problem. Within five minutes, he had me convinced. Really, uh, there's a problem. So, what's the problem? <laughs> the problem, the problem is very simple. It's a plumbing problem. Um, the red blood cells, which have to pass through the capillaries, mm-hmm. are six or seven micrometers in diameter, mm-hmm. and the capillaries are half that diameter. The three, the smallest, smaller capillaries, three or four micrometers in diameter. So. You know, it's like um, sort of like a plug toilet. Um, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you got to do something about about unplugging the toilet. And usually, you know, you take a plunger and you, uh, yeah. Well, the same thing has got to happen essentially with with those red blood cells. They got to get through somehow, and you need energy to drive them through. You mm-hmm. can't, you know. So where does the energy come from? Well, this Russian guy. The Russians really like to calculate, and so did the calculation. And the calculation showed, of course, we don't know if his calculation is right. It may be uh, somewhat off. But he said, he said, there's got to be another source of energy driving the blood, because if the if the left ventricle bears full responsibility, the pressure that it would need to develop to do all its work is astronomical. It, he, he calculated roughly one million times what um, even someone with high blood pressure wow. <laughs> would would develop so i mean even if the guy's off by one or two orders of magnitude you know maybe instead of a million times it's uh ten thousand times or whatever <laughs> it's a serious problem and it's easy to see you know and you can you can look at videos and you can see what happens is that the red blood cells they kind of get squeezed like this uh compressed and uh, um you know it's like taking a disc that uh, looks like this the red blood cells are sort of disc like and bending it and so it takes appreciable energy. So, uh, so he starts telling me uh, he he's got a half dozen different theories about where the energy might come from, and I'm I'm listening with one one ear open, the other ear closed, and thinking, my goodness, in the laboratory, we just found that if you take a tube, a uh, hydrophilic material, just like a capillary, um, and you immerse it in water, uh, the flow goes through it quote spontaneously of course it's not really spontaneous it it does require energy mm-hmm. and that comes from the light from the infrared energy so uh we went ahead and tested to see whether this mechanism might operate in your cardiovascular system and mine we didn't use humans uh, we used a chick embryo uh three day old and at three days old you know the cardiovascular system is pretty well developed uh but the uh, regulatory systems are not yet developed so the hormonal system the uh, neurological control system so it's a pretty pure cardiovascular system un- unregulated 
And, and we tested the signature feature of that mechanism, the signature feature uh, uh, being that if you apply infrared energy, uh, you get faster flow, because the whole thing is driven by infrared energy. And sure enough, it's exactly what we found. And, and so we, we wrote the manuscript, and um, we're hopeful. Um, they, it's been reviewed, and they are requiring some minor changes. So we'll see uh, what happens. But the bottom line is, it looks like your cardiovascular system is run partly by your heart. And I'm not sure if I agree that it's, quote, not a pump. But that's not the major uh, <laughs> uh, 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 there is also this vessel driving system. And we, unfortunately, because of the nature of our experiment, we, we couldn't tell quantitatively how much of it is driven by the ventricle and how much of it is driven by the vessels. We don't know that. It, right. it could be uh, any fraction is possible. I, I, if I'm, I believe I'm correct when I'm saying when I've talked to Dr. Cowan that he does say it's a pump, but he his, his conjecture is that it's a ram pump. So it's only putting out what puts in. You know, it's not driving more. Well, how else? Yeah. I mean, exactly. how could it put out more than what's what comes it, back? Exactly. In? But then there would have to be something that's moving it to that pump. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, uh, and that's probably what you're uh, talking about. Well. It is um, what you're talking about, right? It is, yeah, in, in essence it is, but, uh, mm. you know, in theory, um, there, are, there are theories, I remember this is some years ago, I was Im immersed in the field, but there was one idea that uh, seemed to have taken hold that when when the ventricle, after it contracts, it relengthens, and as it relengthens, uh, the muscle fibers relengthen, it sucks in the blood from the veins. That That's one idea, um, and, you know, I'm not sure if it's right or not right, but but uh, the mechanism that we're suggesting is is different from that, right? But yeah, if, if you if you can go into the spiritual level a lot, which is what a lot of scientists don't want to do. I mean, I I think it's very evident that divine spirit or spirit or the ether, this energy that's I think it's everywhere, and this could be just that infrared energy that's making us alive and making it work. And how would you? Well, I, how would you? I, I, how would you I, prove that? I don't know. I, I'm not sure I understand what you're saying. You're In other saying words, um, infrared energy is coming from the ether. Is that yes, what? yes? Like uh, uh, I, I don't know how to test that. No, uh, I know okay. exa exactly. Exactly. Um, for example, um, years ago, four, five, six hundred years ago, Doc, I've done the, a lot of research on it. They had energy. They these people had energy. You know, they they were who had energy? the people uh, who lived four, five, six hundred years ago. You know, they didn't build all these huge castles with, you know, with ladders and, and wooden wooden hammers, you know. And these, you can see uh, a lot of these castle domes, Dr. Pollard, had these circuits all through them. You can see this. I mean, they've, they, they've found these things, and they have an antenna, and they were pulling ether. They were pulling energy from the ether, and then they actually, which is interesting, I thought about you, Part of the way that they created electricity, they had to have water, and they had these big ponds of water, and the water was part and parcel of how they created this. And then they stored it into brick buildings, and that's how they stored the energy. Um, you can, you can. I'm not so familiar with that. No, it's it's a trip. I mean, it's it's 
it's amazing. You know, it's amazing. And I think Tesla, that's what Tesla's work was similar, right? And also Rudolf Steiner talked about the ether. And so it could be a God thing that's working everything in our veins, you know, helping. And how would we ever prove that? You know, how, how would you ever prove it? Well, there there is something that is not what, what you're suggesting, but maybe a little close okay. to it. That there is an electric field of the earth. Of course. You know, a lot of people I, I are not familiar with it. I myself, you know, I began my career studying electrical engineering. And um, 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 nobody ever told me about uh, the Earth's electric field mm -hmm. uh, until I had a Russian guy in the lab. And he was talking about, oh, yeah, well, of course, the Earth has an electric field. Uh, the ionosphere up above is positively charged mm -hmm. and the Earth is negatively charged. And between those two, it's like a capacitor. The, the one plate is the ionosphere. The other plate is the Earth. And you've got an electric field and the lines running between those two plates and and the field uh, is is appreciable um uh, at the surface of the earth it amounts to something like 100 volts per meter which which is so <clears throat> it's not the ether uh but on the other hand it's, it's a, a source of energy uh right if you've got an electric field i, I was flabbergasted when i when i heard it i thought um you know, I thought my friend Andre was on some kind of drug, uh, <laughs> but, but uh, you know, he told me, he said, well, don't you know about this? Mm -hmm. I said, I never heard of it. You know, I studied electrical engineering and no professor ever, ever even intimated that the earth was anything but neutral. Mm -hmm. uh, that there, there must be must be some deficiency in the American educational system <laughs> uh, yeah. because every middle school student in Russia knows about this. And I checked with some other Russians who are of contemporary age and they studied in Russia and they said, yeah, we learned in middle school the earth was negatively charged. And and um, when I when I heard of this, uh, this information, uh, next day one of my students uh, brings me the lectures of the famous Nobel laureate Richard Feynman, which is, which are a three volume set read by just about every, every graduate student in physics in the US, uh, partly because he was very clear in what he wrote and partly because he had a sense of humor. So everybody likes to read it. Anyway, volume two, chapter nine, uh, there it was, the Earth's electric field and all the evidence that the Earth was negatively charged. So it's not the ether. Uh, on the other hand, it is something that you know, we we is is seems pretty vague and such, but it's there, and and um, and it provides energy. Energy, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we need to take that into account. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that explains what you're uh, alluding to. It's but, probably all this uh, for me. It's probably all the same thing. I think everything is God. So I just put it all, mash it all together. You know, and say <laughs> something's oh, yeah? going, something's okay. going on. You yeah. know, something's going on. Something's going on. <laughs> yeah, uh, Doctor. Uh, uh, Gerald Pollack is with us. Stay right there, sir. We're going to take just a quick little break here, talk about a few products, and we'll be back. And we'll take some emails. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. I have a couple of good ones in here. If you if you know about, Dr. Pollack probably knows a lot about hydrogen. We've been using hydrogen technology for about four years here. This is molecular hydrogen. Uh, Japan, they're really all over this hydrogen technology. They actually have hospitals and some ambulance that uses hydrogen, uh, breathing hydrogen, uh, in their in their hospital and ambulances, and it's molecular hydrogen. A lot of research on it in Japan. They're probably the biggest ones, or the most you know the most advanced 
uh, countries with this. They have put people on molecular hydrogen after strokes and had some very, very, very good results to help the person to recover from that. You can go to the molecularhydrogeninstitute.com and look at hundreds and hundreds of peer-reviewed studies on the benefits of this. This is a machine that we promote. This is made in Japan. It's called the Holy Hydrogen. You breathe the gas, and you can drink the water. It makes hydrogen water. I don't know if it structures it or not. I don't think it does, but it certainly has hydrogen. And hydrogen is a food. It doesn't kill anything or try to kill anything. or It's just a food. It's like prana or chi or energy, some of this mystical stuff we are talking about uh, just a moment ago with Dr. Pollock. And hydrogen uh, is probably the most prolific molecule ever. I think it's what the stars eat for breakfast. So it's an interesting uh, molecule. It is very powerful. I mean, they have hydrogen bombs, hydrogen buses. You can make things go with hydrogen. And we think it helps the body to just do a lot better things. So if you'd like to get one, you can go on our website. Use promo code OneRadio, OneRadioNetwork.com, Molecular Hydrogen. Use promo code OneRadio. Perlsium is a product that we've been using for a long time, probably 10 years now. It's made from real pearl. The Max Planck Institute many years ago said, you don't want to put anything in your body unless it's from a living source, once living source. Kind of made sense. That's why we, we're not a big promoters of vitamins, you know, made in a lab. And this uh, pearlsium is made from pearl. Obviously, oysters and oysters cry or they get sad or I don't know what they do, but they make pearl. And Dr. Rulin Shu, who's a quantum physicist, she figured out a way how to take this pearl and, uh, and um, put it into a powder without messing up the cellular matrix. So all the energy is there. Very heavy calcium, but it has um, other minerals in there and uh, target proteins. So it's a very interesting product, and we brush our teeth with it is what we do. Or you can take it internally, but that's the main product is to brush your teeth with it. that cool? And your teeth kind of get all pearly. They just get all pearly white. They just do. They get all pearly. And not a white thing, not like a Hollywood thing, but more um, pearl. And that comes from it. It hardens the surface of the teeth, and then that's when the that's when the uh, light comes in, and that's what gives the teeth um, the color, not a bleach kind of thing. Pearlsium on our website. Previously with cardiologist Dr. Joel Kahn, 35 years experience in cardiology. On your commercial break, you hit a hot button because I'm a giant fan of infrared sauna and the cardiac benefits. Tell us about uh, why you like these saunas for the heart. What does it do? In Japan, it's a traditional therapy of heart disease to even sick heart patients to sit for 15 or 20 minutes in an infrared sauna, then lie down and rest and hydrate for about half an hour. They call it WAON, W-A-O-N. It means soothing heat. And they've done research studies, like 30 of them in humans. Anti-ages your arteries and improves the strength of your heart, and it may actually prolong survival in sick heart patients. Anybody can just, again, go to the Internet, read about infrared sauna heart disease, or put my name there because I've written many articles about it. Now there's data coming out of Sweden and Finland because they've published some amazing data that number of times a week you're in a sauna, number of minutes each time, you can just track out how long you're going to live. So very powerful therapy by being in, my favorite is an infrared sauna. We, we uh, had a, a, a tape of a, a 
one of these science types. He's got these uh, these little um, TikTok things or they're short videos, but a very interesting fellow. And he was talking about that study, and they actually showed, uh, I think Finland, where the more times you're in a sauna, two, three, four, five, every time you get in a sauna more often during the week, you have fewer cardiac events, whatever those things are, any kind of event that might say that your heart is not as happy as it should be. That's fascinating. So we don't make any medical claims here, but we have what we think is the best one ever, $1,295, tax title license delivered in the lower 48, and just email me to get that price, $1,295. We ship them all over the world. We're shipping one to Turkey, believe it or not, tomorrow. Yeah, we have listeners in Turkey somehow. Just email me for that price, patrick1radionetwork.com, the Relax Far Infrared Sauna. Oops. I pressed the wrong button. I got it. Broadcasting live. Weekday morning, this is listener-supported One Radio Network. In the beautiful Washington State, Dr. Gerald Pollock. He has a couple of books. He works with water. The fourth phase of water, the cells, gels, and engines of life. And you have a new one, too, soon, right? A new one. I, I have a new one, and I, I, I just want to, uh, before we we discuss that, um, I want to make a comment on sure. the infrared sauna. You know, I I make it a, a, a habit of, of not commenting on any commercial product because our scientific stuff needs to remain independent. But uh, in general, uh, saunas, um, or as the Finns say, sauna, um, uh, uh what what they do essentially is, uh, and I think the reason why they're as effective as they are, is they generate infrared energy. And as I was pointing out, it's infrared energy that's responsible for uh, building uh, the easy or fourth phase water that fills your body. So, if if uh, if your cells are deficient um, in, in that, then your cells, including your myocardium, uh, then you know it, it, your your heart is not functioning as well as it as it might and um, if you can restore by uh, restore the easy water that fills the cells of your heart by applying infrared energy which comes from the sauna heat infrared energy um it it, it should work and and also i i was talking about the mechanism of propelling blood from the blood vessels themselves mm-hmm. it also is based on on uh, the the presence of easy water which is built by infrared energy so that process as well um you know if you if you supply infrared energy uh by in any means including a sauna which is a great way to do it because you know uh, you're being bombarded uh, uh, by uh, heat um, and lots of infrared energy. I can understand why that would would work as well as it as it as it does. Interesting. So maybe that's one of the reasons why saunas have go back way 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 back. That this was happening. Good things to the body that people didn't even realize could be part of it. Well, I think they may not have known the mechanism, but, but um, they knew right how they felt. Perhaps they knew. Yeah, uh, and, there, and there you know there are lots of. Um, uh, uh, therapies that go back even to Ayurvedic times, yeah. uh, we, don't, we don't really, or at least um, uh, m- most people don't really have any clue why they work, but they seem to work. And 
you know, modern medicine has dismissed all that, um, you know, in favor of the pharmaceutical companies take drugs and get better, uh, despite the, the side effects, including death, uh, that accompany the taking of some of the ph pharmaceuticals. Um, but, you know, if we pay more attention to um, uh, what the ancients knew, and they knew quite a lot, uh, we we certainly could could profit uh, from that. Mm -hmm. Now you had a question, but I forgot what your question was. That's I, okay. I interrupted. That's all right. I will, we'll just I'll well, pick it up. It'll come back. Is this a good email? And I'm glad they brought it up from Betty. Often people talk about structuring water, structuring water devices, wands. What does your guest think about um, water? Can we structure it manually, or just have to get structured water from the ground? Well, there are various ways. As I said, I I I refrain from commenting right. on any any commercial uh, uh, devices. Um, uh, you know, the problem is if they say something positive about one, it looks like I'm endorsing it. Um, you know, and then then I, it's Not difficult good. to I understand. independent uh, as an independent scientist. So the mechanisms, yes, um, but products, uh, uh, right. no. So, mm -hmm. so I, but, but I mean, having said that, I, I can say that there, there are many companies that uh, claim that they're producing structured or easy water. And some of them have some evidence for it. Others have no evidence that I've seen. Um, there is a commercial waters, for example, that are called fourth phase water or easy water and they're sold. And, you know, maybe they have evidence, but I, I've, I've never not, seen it. I've seen it. So that's the idea behind a whatever structured water is, Dr. Pollock, that they claim that they're making this fourth phase in these machines. Some of them do, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Mm. I think some, some have come to realize that th this water is, um, is really important. Uh, it, it amounts to hydration, body hydration, and, and you need it uh, in order to, you know, uh, to, to preserve function. Uh, you, infrared energy comes from actually comes from all over. You know, you you can. Uh, most people think, uh, oh, you know, you look at the toaster. You take put some bread in the slots and press down, and you can see the coils glowing a bright orange and mm -hmm. uh, generating heat and and such. Um, and and uh, and the claim is, oh yeah, there's it's it's, it's uh, giving out uh, producing infrared energy. That's correct. But infrared energy, it comes from all over. And the way you could demonstrate it is really simple. You, in, in your office where you're sitting right now, uh, just turn off all the lights um, and uh, uh, make sure it's so so dark that even your cell phone camera can get no image and you can see nothing. And then you whip out an infrared camera, which is nothing more than a camera with a sensor that's sensitive not to visible light, but to infrared light. You get a beautiful image of everything. Um, really, you know. So it means that everything around you is generating infrared light. Otherwise, you'd see nothing. And that's why the military uses this um, hmm. uh, at nighttime, you know, to see what what's lurking in 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 the environment around them. So, so the sun. So you got it. Sun also gives us infrared. The sun. Yes, the sun, sun. roughly fifty percent of the sun's energy is in the infrared uh, oh. rain. Oh. Yeah, roughly half is what gets us. That's what we feel the sun, we feel heat, not only light, but heat. Mm -hmm. And the heat 
essentially the heat is uh, amounts to infrared energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, so in is, terms of us, we, we have infrared energy coming from outside and also inside mm-hmm. because me- metabolism generates heat. And so, uh, and the heat is essentially, it's not exactly the same, but uh, it's it's pretty much the same as in, infrared energy. So for in terms of humans, we've got the energy coming from outside and inside. So we have it in abundance. Yes, sir. So much is talked about on our shows for years about the importance of being properly hydrated. How does the fourth phase play a role in being really well hydrated? It is hydration. That uh, is hydration. It is hydration. So uh, as I was alluding to before, your cells, uh, hydration refers to your cells. Your cells need to be full of water. But what kind of water? So the textbooks tell us, oh, well, it's just liquid water. But as I pointed out a moment ago, it's not liquid water. Um, It's fourth phase water. And and the cell needs to be full of it. And so the question, why, uh, is it is it another issue that I'm happy to go into if you want, but um, the cell cell can't function unless it's hydrated. Um, so it's not it's not just um, you know a minor issue of feeling thirsty or something like that. Uh, thirst is an indication that you need you need more water, and you drink the water, and some of the water gets converted to easy water. You fill your cells, and there are a half dozen other ways uh, to to get hydrated. Uh, you must get hydrated. It's not just a, it's not just a, you know, luxury. It's a necessity. Um, without that, your cells can't work. Hmm. So, is the blood composed, or there's easy water in the blood as well? Well, uh, not much because hmm. uh, easy easy water is gel-like. So think think hmm. of uh, raw egg white, yeah. for example. If your capillaries uh, had a consistency like raw egg white, blood wouldn't flow very well. And so you don't want easy water in the blood, and um, and I um, mechanisms exist to uh, make sure that that your blood remains thin. Otherwise, um, uh, you know, if it if it's too viscous and it doesn't flow into a tissue bed, that tissue bed quickly dies yeah. irreversibly. Yeah. So you want to make sure that the blood has low viscosity and flows. So you don't want easy water in it. If, for example, sugar. So, you know, sugar, you add water to sugar, it forms a kind of slurry. And mm-hmm. uh, if you treat it the right way, you can you can actually make a crystal uh, of it, a sugar crystal, which kids love. Sometimes adults love it, too. Um, and uh, you don't you don't want that to happen in your blood. So, you know, you eat a, a triple ice cream scoop um, and and your blood is actually full of sugar uh, because the, the ice cream is full of sugar. And so um, um, your your body needs a, a mechanism, and that's not yet established how it, it does it to make sure that that the sugar um, is is quickly depleted from your from your blood because otherwise it forms a slurry and um, uh, and the blood won't flow very well <laughs> may stop. So that's one area that needs exploration. We have some ideas, but uh, it remains to be mm-hmm. uh, explored. So. Um- George says, so do I understand that infrared energy, wherever it comes from, is that the only way that the the water we drink gets turned into fourth phase water? Uh, could you repeat that? Uh, I didn't know. He's asking what? if infrared energy you allude to, it, no matter how sauna, sun, or whatever, yeah. is that the only way he's asking that the 
the, the water in our body gets turned to fourth phase? No, um, um, because the infrared energy is all around us Everyone. all the time. I, I mentioned it's coming from metabolism inside, and it's all around us mm-hmm. outside. Of course, we get more infrared energy, um, you know, uh, then it builds more rapidly. Um, and and that I refer back to uh, this the sauna that we're uh, talking about, mm-hmm. which, which um, is a source, a massive source of infrared energy. So uh, we've got it. Uh, uh, we, it it's it's just, uh, we, we got it. Yeah, you get more of it, it's better. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the idea of, of water storing energy and information, it's just so fascinating. Have you seen the work of Veda Austin? Have you seen her work? Yeah, Veda is my friend. Oh, what do you, uh, what I, do you I know, think about that? I know her. Yeah. I think it's uh, it's really interesting. Um, she uh, visited me in, in Seattle and uh, in my kitchen. Oh, did she? Uh, we, we, uh, we tried an experiment. She said to me, uh, uh, you know, think of, think of something. Right. And she had water in front of me. And, uh, you know, so I was thinking of a house, uh, something, something simple. So the water was sitting in front of me, and uh, uh, I was thinking about a house for 30 seconds or a minute. Then she took the water and put it in my freezer. Mm-hmm. Ten minutes later, she took it out, and there was a crust of, of ice on the top. The whole piece wasn't frozen. And by golly, I looked at it, and there was a, a, a diagram of a roof. Oh, <laughs> man. Are you like kidding? That. Did so that I just seen... blow you away, or did that just... Yes and no. Uh, no. It, it blew me away. Um, uh, however, my response to Veda was, you have to show repeatability. Uh-huh. That's the, no scientist will ever pay attention or believe you or whatever unless, unless you can show repeatability. And now, now she's done it. Uh, I've had some uh, communications with her from uh, New Zealand, and, and she demonstrated that the same input gives you the same output like 50 times um so what do you uh, make of that as a scientist what do you make of that well i you know if if it's repeatable um then um and if uh, another another group can repeat it that's the usual standard um then it's true um and 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 it's up to it's up to us uh, scientists and not to reject it but to figure out what might be going on why how could possibly we don't understand it nobody uh as far as I've been able to see, no, nobody understands it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Emoto was the pioneer in, in doing yes. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unfortunately, his his data were, you might say, cherry-picked. He, he, he'd, um, yeah. he'd impart his intention to maybe 50 Petri dishes full of water and freeze them all and look at each of the 50, pick out the one that best showed what he wanted to show. You know, so sure. it may be it may be true, but that that method doesn't appeal at all to scientists. So I've I've been in close contact with with the Emoto people, and I I respect them and uh, like them very much, and and have been pushing them to to uh, attempt to demonstrate repeatability, and they're on it. Yeah. So repeatability is absolutely critical for scientists, and if this is established as repeatable. 
it's the onus is on us scientists to figure out what's going on. It may be something akin to um, like 300 years ago, electromagnetic energy. What's that? You know, this is weird. We never heard of anything never like that. that. Right. Kind of weird artifact. Uh, well, now it's not. Hmm. One of it my maybe. Oh, yeah, go ahead. One of my passions, Doctor Pollock, is understanding of what I'm doing in this body. I know I'm a spiritual being, right? I know I'm a soul. I've lived before. I know it. I've seen past lives how that works with the mind and the body and how it all works together. I'm really fascinated by it. This is all I really think about and look at and meditate on and, and you can actually see things. And I've seen very clearly about what I think and believe is in my body. I've seen this very clearly. I can't prove it, but I believe it. And so, I, um, so I'm thinking and conjecturing that maybe this fourth phase of water is one of the reasons why the whole mind-body-soul thing is so fascinating and how it could work if all these cells are really fourth phase. I mean, it's no telling what kind of information they could get from the mind and the soul, right? I mean, it could get everything, everything. Well, yeah, I mean, there, there's a, now a good deal of scientific uh, in, information um, that demonstrates that water uh, water can store information as uh, mm. uh, memory. You know the the, the original uh, uh, findings of that uh, uh, 30, 35 years ago were discredited, uh, and there's it's a long story about that about Jacques Benveniste who demonstrated uh, that, and his career was destroyed because nobody nobody. Nobody could imagine that water could store information. If you think about liquid water, yeah. liquid liquid water, the molecules are bouncing around a fierce <laughs> number of times per second, per millisecond, per microsecond, per femtosecond, um, and they're randomly oriented. How how could anything like that store information? However, easy water is different. Easy easy water um, is like a crystal, like a liquid crystal, which means it's organized. It's just like a computer memory. You know, if you look at a computer memory, it consists of uh, silicon transistors, and they're all uh, laid out, arrayed in a regular grid. Uh, and 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 they have two different states, which, you know, we tend to call zero, one, or mm -hmm. whatever, you, whatever you off, whatever. And easy water has all of those features. Uh, it's uh, regularly arrayed, and the oxygens, it turns out, they're... Consists of oxygens and hydrogens, obviously, and the oxygens have five different oxidation states: minus two, minus one, zero, plus one, plus two. So, in in many ways, it resembles um, um, a computer memory. And um, I, I predicted, and I, I still think it's possible one day that our computers, instead of being built of silicon transducers, will be built of water, mm -hmm. easy water. Yeah, I bet. And, I bet and they well, know. well, you know the the uh, it, at least theoretically the information density because we're talking about the atomic level, not the transistor level, so everything is smaller by mm -hmm. many orders of magnitude. And we calculated once that at least in theory, the information density in this easy water could be a billion times higher than Whoa. what existed. Whoa. That means a computer will be the size of a pinhead. But they're they're moving towards that. Have they anybody experimented with the water rather than silicon that you know of? Yet, really, have done work well, with uh, it? Not only indir in, indirectly, because mm -hmm. now 
many people have shown that water contains information uh, or memory. Yeah. Um, you know, we organize each year, we organize a conference on the physics, chemistry, and biology of water. Yes. This year is Amsterdam in October. Uh, and uh, uh, we, we get multiple presentations dealing with information in water, memory of water. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and uh, you know, it extends, we, we had, for example, Luc Montagnier, who came every year for more than a decade, mm-hmm. and his experiments were extraordinary. Um, a lot of people didn't believe them, but now they've been repeated by three different groups and published. He, he, he showed, you know, you put DNA in, in a, an aqueous buffer, essentially water, uh, and and it, it's sealed. Uh, the container is sealed, so no molecules can get out. Mm-hmm. It's very well. And he puts that. He puts it next to uh, another a container of of water. Uh, okay, a container of water. And they're they're not touching each other. They can't communicate. They're both sealed. He says, well, somehow the information uh, from from the DNA is getting into the water. Uh, oh, the other one. And, into, into the other one. They're not touching. There no. He doesn't know how it's happening. So uh, the pure water. He takes the water and and uh, uses the PCR technique, similar to you know the COVID. What's used for COVID right now, and it amplifies the uh, um, the a number of DNA molecules, so you can actually get a reading. And it turns out that that the DNA that's produced has the same sequence as the original DNA the water was sitting next to. Amazing, if true. And uh, I think as it's I said, fascinating, yeah. And, you know, even Kerry yeah. Mullis said that, you know, you could you could spin this PCR thing. He invented the PCR. He said you right. can spin it high enough and you can detect anything. Anything. Oh, well, I, yeah, okay. Yeah. I, He's I, on I tape saying that. Had, yeah, yeah. He had some comments about, uh, its use in uh, COVID. Oh, he um, thought it was a big scam. Yeah, he thought it was a big yeah, scam. Yeah. Uh, but he said, know, it, yeah, this PCR thing can be used. So, I mean, I think it gives credibility sure, to sure. Montagnier's stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, but I mean, quite a, uh, if, if Luc Montagnier's finding is, is valid and it looks that way, uh, three publications, two from, two from um, Italy and one mm-hmm. from China. Um, you know, re- repeating essentially his experiment and, and confirming it. This is really truly amazing uh, uh, that information can be conveyed to water. Uh, you know, and there are other other findings that are re- reported at, at our conference. Um, you know, so there's a whole string of presentations that either are consistent with the idea of memory of water. Yeah, it's now. I mean, there are so many demonstrations now that. It, it's really up to scientists to not, not not to say, "Hey, we we don't think that this is real," but understand it's time, it. Yeah, yeah. Understand. It's to understand it, to yeah, look sure. into it, what's going on. You, you know? know, the memory thing is fascinating to me. We studied the work of Dr. Hammer out of Germany, and he he showed through brain scans that when a person goes through a trauma, uh, then that trauma is then in the brain and it inflames the brain. And that's also in the body. If it's in the brain, then it's in the rest of the body, right? And he showed then when you cleared the trauma from the body psychologically, spiritually, mentally, then the brain clears out. So, you know, yogi people have said the issues are in the tissues, and we know that we store old memories in our body. I mean, it's been 
we just do. I mean, I can I can work on my neck at two o'clock in the morning and see stuff come up when I was a kid. So where is that? You know, where are these memories? Is that, you know, in the little water thing in my neck and then the mind? And, you know, there's a lot going on here with memory in our body. A lot going on. Well, it, yeah, one one of the issues is the capacity to store information. And, yeah. you know, you can store anything, something right? the size of a brain would seem, hey, how does it do that? But if you, if you, if you think about the storage entity, not as a neuron, as, as a cell, but actually the water inside the cell. The water inside then, it, the capacity to store information is a- amplified hugely. Wow. Huge. Wow. So uh, it might be, uh, it might be that, that the water inside the uh, nerve cells is really the site, the primary site of storage. Yes, it sir. just re- remains to be seen. It could be. Uh, if you'd like a question uh, of Dr. Pollock before we go, Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com or 888-663-6386. Here's an interesting email from... Leroy, can your guest comment on more people are talking about a good salt is necessary for hydration? Does he have any opinion on that to be have enough salt in the body? Um, I, I, I wish I, I could, but I, I'm sorry. I, that's I, okay. We haven't studied that, and I, I have no answer to that. That's Apologies. Okay. That's okay. Um, what kind of, uh, what kind of people have come, or have you received some real challenges that from the fourth phase thing, just for fun, of people saying want you to prove what your what your what your work is about? Yes, have absolutely. Really? Uh, yeah, um, we have. It started. It started about ten years ago, and there there have been a string of roughly a half dozen or so uh, papers that have appeared, mostly from uh, people. People who have studied water, um, uh, and um, um, and their their argument, um, if I may summarize, um, their argument has to do with some special features and special properties of naphion. And naphion is one of the surfaces that we've used frequently, um, a hydrophilic surface to build easy water. And the the, the comment is that that nephion has some unique properties that maybe could give rise to this that have nothing to do with a, a new phase of water. Oh. Yeah, and and the re- response is, okay, but, you know, we, we <laughs> okay. now have 50 different materials, roughly, that we've used that give the same result. So, you know, it's it's hard to argue that it's the special features of one of the 50 or so. I'm not sure it's 50, but, you know, order of magnitude. So I, you know, as one of my students pointed out, it's like, uh, it's like saying, well, one, one, one branch of the tree may, may be rotten and therefore the whole tree is dead. You know, it's, it's, it's not the case. So, so I I don't, I don't agree with that. And um, one of the, one interesting comment that bears on, uh, the point you just made it was Albert Saint Georgie. Uh, Saint Georgie is many is Nobel laureate. Of course, he discovered vitamin C, and many people consider him to be the father of modern biochemistry. Mm. Uh, one of his many pithy remarks, uh, <laughs> there, there are many of them, uh, pithy, be- beautiful, beautiful remarks. One, one of them is, uh, you know, this is a guy who had many many ideas. Uh, he said, when when 
when I put forth an idea and it, it received a polarized response, in other words, great enthusiasm and, and uh, on the other side, this is the biggest bullshit, uh, you know, that, that you can imagine. Then he said, I knew I was onto something important because <laughs> there were no negative comments and it either, it couldn't be very important or, you know, it couldn't be taken seriously. So, yeah. so, um, um, yes, uh, the fourth phase of water, uh, you know, we've been studying it now for a couple of decades and, um, um, we have a lot of evidence that um, is supportive and consistent, and I'm delighted to see that there has been some um, uh, uh, objection to it. I don't, I don't agree that um, their their point is correct, but it fits St. George's pa- expect expectation paradigm for, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think if if this is real and true, and I, as I said, I you know I believe it is. It's it. it almost redefines um, cell biology because because um, we think of of the cell or we learn that that basically the the cell is uh, consists of liquid water but if it consists of Fourth easy phase. water mm-hmm. just like crystal it, everything everything that builds on the idea that it's a uh, liquid um, it, it, if it's a liquid crystal the uh, it's wrong and it needs to be we need to rethink it and many of the mechanisms that we learn about are very complicated and you know i've learned uh, in my studies that that um if you start on a foundation that's not correct uh, right. you can't be anything that's simple uh, thing, it's going to be the very, whole thing very falls down what would you think so if we really understood more about easy being in there this crystal rather than water i would i would think we could be a whole lot more creative with the whole healing process if we start to buy into this your idea and really believe it right i mean oh, absolutely. the world yeah. is your oyster as your far oyster. as healing with crystals rather than water right Ooh. for sure for sure wow uh, and there are very simple expedients that um can lead to healing and some of these have been known uh, for thousands of years yes. um you know like like for for example uh, some of the substances that date back to Ayurvedic times, um, turmeric, for example. Yeah. So, um, you know, this has been used for thousands of years uh, uh, for healing all kinds of ills. And the question is, well, how or why Why does it work? Uh, can we interpret it in modern terms? And what we found, uh, we, we did experiments, we published it, um, that if you put a little bit of turmeric in the water, um, it builds easy water. Does it? Um, I'll be done. It does it, and and so <laughs> very very simple interpretation um, is uh, you need easy water for hydration. That's it is hydration. If you don't have enough of it, uh, you're not hydrated, and therefore um, uh, that's presumably how turmeric works. And it's not just turmeric. We found a lot of substances, particularly dating back from Ayurvedic times. Uh, that when you add uh, modest, um, moderate amounts to water, similar to what you expect in your body, same concentrations, it produces, it builds easy water. And we uh, have come to conclude that you must, your cells must be filled with easy water to be hydrated and to function properly. Mm-hmm. So it turns out to be a, a pretty simple paradigm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. You could also get it by... Uh, you know, juicing by going in your backyard and taking the leaves of freshly grown plants, crush them, squeeze out the juice, 
what are you squeezing out? Well, you're squeezing out the water from inside the plant cells and fresh plant cells filled with easy water. So it's easy. It's easy. <laughs> um, yeah, and it works. Some, some people conjecture a sea salt does the same thing, a little bit of water structures it or gives it easy water as well. We, as I said, we, we haven't tried that experiment. Oh, that'd be fun. You know, so yeah. Yeah. No comment on that. Fun to do. And then with the crystal idea and healing, if you really start to think about the mind, body, soul, and emotions, and we know that worry and stress and angst can cause anything from canker sores to cancer, I mean, we know it, right? It's not even a secret anymore. So look at the possibilities of using the mind and soul to heal, help heal the cells. With just because it's information, right? It's just information. Just inf- well, yeah, it makes right? sense to me. Sure. Uh, yeah, it absolutely does make sense. Uh, you know, I hope we're we're actually now studying healers, uh, studying the impact on water. So you know, have, we have a healer coming to the lab. Oh, really? And we have water, and um, and the healer tries to heal the water, so to speak. Heal and we the measure water. the physical properties of the water before and after. We have no. No data yet. We're just starting those experiments, but um, you know, it, it, uh, we, we're hopeful that we're going to identify something. Oh, I think you will. I, I'm very simplistic with this doc, and I think that for me, I can see that whatever I think, my body believes. You know, yeah. I really see it every day, and that's why I wouldn't even say anything like, "Oh, I have a low thyroid." I think if you say you have a low thyroid, then you got one. And that's that's my opinion at this point, really. Okay. Okay. Um, Before we go, I'm going to talk a little bit about the weather because I know you've looked a lot about the weather. So I have this 1,100 square foot studio up here on top of my house, right? And I have one of these air conditioners in the wall that just pulls it out. And um, we have it just draining draining out. And the other day I was just, I said, I wonder how much water comes out of there because I keep see these, you know, so I put it in a five-gallon bucket. So here I have one 1,100 square feet straw bale house, so incredible R value. It's really, really tight. You know, just it keeps out a lot of temperature. You know, there's over five gallons or six or seven gallons of water a day out of this out of this uh, little studio. It's like, whoa! What would be the potential of pulling water out of the air? Just big time. I mean, it would be, there's got to be a lot of water just running around everywhere. How could we have water shortages? Uh, a, a, a lot of these uh, uh, technologies or the ideas, you know, they, they sound great, but the problem is the practicality of it. Uh, the question is, I mean, y- yeah, you certainly can and should be able to pull the moisture out, out of the air. Plants do it. You know, sure, there's a... Sure. Um, the plant, I forget the name, grows on copper wire in humid places. It, no roots, so it's not absorbing water from the ground. It, the only water that it gets, and it mm. must get water, is from the from the environment. Um, and it grows fine um, on, on copper wires uh, with no roots. Uh, so, um, it, it, so it's possible to do. As I said, the issue is practicality, you know, whether it could be done in a way that uh, justifies um, the investment and but yeah could mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. interesting idea here's a good uh, email from jerry could you ask mr pollock uh if distilled water is good to drink distilled water 
Um, you know, uh, I I can give a theoretical comment on okay, uh, sure. uh, on what I but um, you know the the real answer uh, uh, has to come from studies uh, of water, like clinical studies. So you know, you you might take uh, let's say a, a group of people maybe suffering from uh, uh, let's say uh, stomach cancer or what, what whatever. And you give them uh, distilled, give half of them distilled water, and give half of them, uh, let's say, spring water, um, and study them for a for a year, and and see how they do. And then, you know, based on the results of that sort of experiment, uh, you can deduce um, which water is superior um, under under which condition. So. Um, you know, it, uh, I give a theoretical answer, and the theoretical answer is, well, I wouldn't drink distilled water. Um, uh, it's lacking the the, the minerals, um, and it's got uh, it basically by definition, it has no easy in it. It's just uh, ordinary liquid water without any anything else. And and if you need to build easy water in your body, it should be at least in theory. It should be superior if you can actually drink the easy water, or if the water you drink contains some easy water, uh, then you don't have to build it. It's there in what you in what you drink. Uh -huh. So, theoretically, I would say no. Uh, it's not a great idea to drink distilled water. Um, but as I said, it's only theoretical, uh, and the experiments need to be done. And you know, as a side comment, I I think. Um, it's a great pity that the National Institutes of Health is funding so many studies on various drugs, uh, uh, but almost nothing um, on on water. water. You know, so many people uh, ask the same question that's being asked now. You know, what kind of water should I drink? What's good for my health? And it it wouldn't be so complicated or difficult for the National Institutes of Health. To put five, ten million dollars into a comprehensive study, and so if someone asks the question, well, you know, what kind of water should I drink? I'm healthy. I like to stay healthy, or, you know, I've got a kidney issue and I'd like to address it. What what kind of water should I drink? I, if I were running the NIH, I'd uh, immediately start some studies uh, along these lines. Everybody wants to know. Sure. So, you know, I wonder about the oceans and. All the information and the life in there, and what the, what's going on, you know, boy, that'd be a fun job to look at that for a lifetime or two. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it would require a lifetime. You don't? Uh, well, yeah. well uh, no. Um, mm. You know, if the studies are properly done by by people who are uh, objective and uh, looking at the stuff, um, uh, and and somewhat knowledgeable. Uh, they can get answers. It, so it really needs to be done. You know, go back to the Veda Austin thing, and we've also seen real evidence over the years, back in the hippie days, where ladies that would live together, after a while they would start menstruating at the same time. They just would. Yeah. And, you know, they didn't swap spit or anything. They just did. So it's obvious that we exchange information and the DNA thing that you talked about, Montagnier. It's obviously that we do exchange exchange information. Right? Um, yes, absolutely. We do. We yeah. just do, right? Just yeah, yeah, we do. And um, I think, you know, the time has come for 
the scientific enterprise to embrace uh, what what we see right. and try to figure out what's going on. <laughs> but but oftentimes scientists don't don't want to even go there if they can't put their hands on it. You know, they can't touch it, and it's not physical, and you're crazy, and you know that. That's part of it. The other right. part is uh, getting fund. You know, oh, if, getting um, funding. Yeah, yeah. If you're if you're in, 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 want to study why menstrual cycles are synchronized, right. um, you, you you have to put in a, a proposal to study it. It gets reviewed, and it gets reviewed by people, uh, mainstream people, people who have achieved something. They're invited to carry out the reviews. And your chances of success are very low. Very low. Um, you want to get money, you have to do something that um, is sort of semi-mainstream. Mm -hmm. Because the people, you know, if you're if you're proposing something that challenges your reviewer, you're not going to do very well. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you if you have a round Earth idea and everybody knows that the Earth is flat, uh, you put in a proposal, it's going to go nowhere. Yeah, um, I you wonder don't have to be. I wonder about that. that. Why is it? I wonder why Google, Facebook, everybody, all the media, YouTube, they all want to convince you that the earth is round. I wonder why. You know, I ask that question. What do they care? What do they care? What do they care? I mean, why would they care? Why would they care? If the flat earthers are just a bunch of crazies, why would they spend all their energy leading you to all the videos that say it's round? And they do. Uh, well, I think you're you're not. Um, I think you're you're not uh, uh, really talking about a, a, a scientific concept, but you're talking about um, uh, the companies in, in engaging in in various activities that they they may find to their advantage, uh, something like this. That's not. We're not talking science. We're talking about a business. Uh, uh, and maybe I'm otherwise not understanding what. What you're well, I'm kind drunk. of suggesting that there are a huge amount of forces with the heliocentric model, which never has really been proven. Um, you know, and why is that? You know, I ask myself that question. Why is that? You know, why is there so much energy against to promote the heliocentric model? To me, it's an interesting question. Why is there so much energy um, pushback on anything other than? And we have a round spinning Earth spinning around the sun. Why do they? Well, it's always struck me is that the energy, uh, the evidence is seems pretty pretty conclusive. I mean, if you if you take off from Seattle and fly west, and keep flying west, you get right back to Seattle. Uh, and you well, know, that would so, also work on a flat Earth model. You know, I could show you how that works. That could still work. How does that? How does it work on a flat Earth model? Well, it's kind of hard to explain, but you'd have to look at it, but. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah, you could you could do it, but well, you know, I, you know what, doctor's never been. I heard you on a video. Uh, I don't want to get too far afield saying something about satellite satellite photos of Earth, but there's never been one actual photo that's not a computer generated picture of Earth surrounded by space. Did you know that? Not one ever. All computers. Yes, sir. No, it's not something that I follow closely. I know. So. All computer generated. Yeah, all computer generated. Well, to be continued. Um, oh, here's one final email. Does Dr. Pollock know of any product that says they're easy water that really is? You probably can't answer uh, that because you, if you I did, can't. you can't even say it, right? 
because then they right. would all say, oh, Gerald Pollack said this is real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you, you understand why I uh, remain can. independent of yeah. commercial products. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But if folks wanted to find a structuring machine, I guess if they do enough research, Dr. Pollack, they could find somebody that would have some evidence that they have easy, if they look at it deeply enough? Maybe. Yeah, uh, maybe. Yeah, I, frankly, I don't follow all the companies who, who uh, sure. uh, suggest that. I, I just don't, you know, we have only uh, in Seattle, the day has 24 hours uh, and there's a lot to fit into that yeah. uh, period. So you have to make a choice of what you want to do. Oh, one other email. I keep saying the last one. This one is from Sheila. Is there anything to uh, deuterium in water? Has your guest looked into that? I haven't looked into it, but I've seen uh, I've seen evidence, and um, especially from Russia, mm-hmm. um, uh, and and the evidence seems mm-hmm. to be that if you um, if you drink deuterium depleted yes, uh, water, um, it's good for health, huh. and the reasons are clear. I don't think anybody knows the reasons, but uh, <laughs> empirically, it seems to be the case. <laughs> so, is deuterium in a lot of water, like spring water? Do you know? Well, yeah, yeah. There's some deuterium, and spring waters. I'm I'm not sure the extent to which uh, they're deuterium depleted. Usually, um, if you start with ice and you take ice melt, this is where they obtain the deuterium depleted water. Mm-hmm. Um, the ice melt usually has less deuterium uh, in it. Um, Interesting. Yeah. yeah, and so they harvest that, um, and apparently, it's good to drink. Uh, I know early on you studied muscles. So do our muscles need to be well hydrated to grow muscles? Every cell needs to be every well hydrated. Cell, every cell needs to be. Every cell, yeah. yeah. If it's not well hydrated, it doesn't work. Well, you know, uh, you play tennis. Golf. Um, after, yeah. Okay, well, golf. After 18 holes, you're not ready to start again. Um, another 18 holes, are you? Uh, well, you know, I, I've been known to do that, but uh, oh, well, it's pretty okay, easy. You're, pretty easy. Uh, you're the, you know, you've been sweltering uh, in in the sunshine, and you're dehydrated. Uh, you don't have the energy that you um, that sure. you had started. Sure. Yeah. So you you know you sit down and drink a couple of liters of water, and and you feel rehydrated, and you can begin again. Yeah. Uh, begin again, Doc. It's always fun talking to you. Thanks for all of your work. Now your new book, uh, what's it about, and when's it coming out? It's coming out as soon as my son, the artist, can finish uh, uh, the, all the artwork. Sure. He's spent three and a half years remodeling his home, and he's back on it. I'm hopeful that it will be out in six months. Uh, I've got two books. Uh, oh. that are, one is just ready, waiting for his. The other is almost ready. Um, and um, uh, the book that's the book that's about to uh, emerge. Um, it's being uh, la- laid out uh, right now. It deals mm-hmm. with the role of electrical charge in e- nature. Electrical so, charge. Yeah, uh, simple plus and minus charge. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and the contention in the book is that uh, many phenomena that we, we think we understand, we don't really understand it, and we can understand it if we acknowledge the fact that electrical charges are playing a really important role. And so I'm talking uh, about, excuse me, about uh, weather. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about gravitation. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about how birds fly. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Talking about what spins the earth every 24 hours. Um, I'm talking about how sailboats can actually sail into the wind, etc., etc. Even yeah, yeah. And then the book that follows deals with the structure of the atom. Huh. Um, uh, I think what we've uh, come to learn is wrong, um, and there are very simple reasons that I I could tell you, um, and uh, uh, and therefore. The model just doesn't work. It's been around for five generations. <laughs> it just doesn't work. Well, it was a model that came from the physicists who were mm. dominant in the mm. early 20th century. You know, Nobel Prize after Nobel Prize sure. uh, to areas of physics. And the chemist said, ah, your model doesn't, doesn't explain the simplest chemical reaction. It's nonsense. They lost the battle. The physicists won. And nice. we've been stuck with the model now for 100 years. And um, and you know I'm uh, I'm suggesting that the emperor has no clothes. <laughs> and that we need to we need to reconsider. Mm-hmm. And uh, and oh, uh, interesting. I'm, I'm proposing a model for the atom, which is different from what you read in the textbooks. Um, and uh, um, and the funny thing is, I discovered uh, the, as I said, the book is almost finished, just waiting waiting for artwork. Um, I discovered that one of the most prominent chemists a hundred years ago proposed something. I just discovered it um, uh, from his notes, uh, almost the same as what I'm proposing. So, really, hundred years. Ago. Yeah, yeah, I feel gratified by by that. Anyway, that book should be out roughly in I hope a year from now because mm-hmm. it's essentially done. Um, so I'm looking forward. Well, that's great. On the electric idea, we've done several shows on electro agriculture people are are taking electricity out of the air and and increasing the growth of plants in the garden and just putting it with a rod pretty cool very simple but oh. it works yeah it works oh really how yeah. interesting yeah it's called electro yeah. i can i'll send you the the video of the show that we did with a fellow i think you'd find it interesting uh sure i'd, I'd like to because uh electricity really important uh, oh, yeah. you know yeah. We found you can build you can build easy water by I- imparting negative charge or electrons into ordinary water. It converts to e- easy water. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe this is similar. Yeah. Um, well, I'll send you that link too. Doc, thanks okay, a thanks. lot for your help. We appreciate it. Sure, I'm all, delighted. All to the be best with you. to you. You take care of yourself. Stay out of trouble now. Uh, no, that's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Gerald Pollack. Okay, Thank you. Take, take care. Bye. Gerald Pollack, yeah. Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. Cool guy, very fun guy, huh? Yeah, baby, I'll tell you what. Electro-agriculture. It's so interesting, isn't it? All of the, I mean, just in the last three or four years since this whole COVID silliness came out, um, for the three or four years, you know, all the juice we're getting now with, with, of course, there's no virus in our opinion. It's never been proven. And um, the whole money thing is coming to a surface as well about there's, you know, the emperor has no clothes. The money people have no clothes. And um, all wars are bankers' wars. and Yeah, it's an exciting time. Things are just coming up. And... Um, 
many people feel this is a, a time uh, of, of a great awakening where things like this are coming to out to uh, and the surface. What I find fascinating by it is that we know with our experience and the work that we've done and talked to others that the way that we heal emotionally, spiritually, and mentally is very simple that the, the trauma that we talked about with Dr. Pollock, the trauma has to come out, right? It has to come into consciousness to release it. That's the deal. That's the bottom line. There's no doubt about it. And as spiritual beings, we have the ability to say, I'd really like to figure out what this is about. And when we look carefully enough, um, the the trauma or the, the angst or the worry that we didn't even know was there comes out and we look at it and we say, well, I can let that go. That's not serving me. And it's really that simple. And when we do, it's gone, poof. I think this is where healing is going because the model that we're presently under, the medical model, is obviously dysfunctional, obtuse, inappropriate, dangerous. All the words you want to try to be nice here. Well, we are going to take a little break in the game, and in about 90 minutes at 2 o'clock Central Time, we're going to talk with Thomas Seafried. Thomas Seafried is a very um, um, interesting fellow where he's been looking at this thing called cancer for a long time. And he'll tell you some things about cancer that you're not going to hear on the midnight, on the, on the evening news or on most podcasts because. It's a whole lot different from what we've been told, according to Dr. Seafried and to Gerald, Gerald Pollock's idea that when you have to have money to do studies and it all gets all gummed up, Seafried um, doesn't use any kind of uh, money from corporations. They get private funding where he's able to say a lot of stuff that he says that everybody thinks he's crazy. And we love people that think they're crazy because that's who we love talking to. So, that'll be in about 90 minutes, 2 o'clock, here on OneRadioNetwork.com. Thanks for your ongoing support. Uh, if you're watching on BitChute for our videos, please subscribe to the channel. Hit that little bell and we'll notify you every time we put up a new show. If you come to our website, One Radio Network, in our store on our front page, You'll see a lot of really cool products that we promote. If you'd like to support us, that's a nice way. Find something you like to buy and buy it. Easy peasy. We have good stuff. Oh, saunas and sulfur, um, EMF protection devices called Blue Shield. What else we have here? Air Doctor, great company doing air purifiers. We have a water filter, Omica water filter, Sir Thrival. Um, wonderful products, Shen Blossom, some of the best herbal products ever, including ginseng, Hoshi Wu, unbelievable, um, Blue Shield, or EMF protection devices. And so that's a little rundown of some of the things that, that we talk about. And also, if you want to buy some gold and silver coins, we got the man. We got the man to do that. His 
name is Fred Dashevsky, U.S. Coin Capital, U.S. Coin Capital on, here it is, 8782646. A lot of things going on in the world of money that if you knew everything, you probably would just go into your room and put in a fetal position. But don't do that. Buy some gold and silver and have fun. You'll be fine. 800-878-2646. Don't do the fetal position thing. That'd be bad. All right, we'll see you in a little while. Thanks for your support. Let me know if I can help with anything. I'm here for you. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. Thank you and may the blessings be. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com.